it is so good to be home and to be with you all this morning. How's everybody feeling? Good, good down in front. I was away last week and experienced church in Calgary with some great friends of ours, Pastors Jonathan and Natasha Lambert, but there's just something about being home. It's so good to be here with you today, and I've got the band to help me out a little bit here still because I want to share some exciting news, and we're actually going to go into a few moments of prayer together in just a minute, but I want to share one incredible miracle that God has done, and then we're going to pray together together to bring across the line, I'm believing, another miracle that we still need to see. And so here's the first miracle. I'll kind of preface it in this way is to say, about a year ago, we began to believe that God would provide a space for us for ministry, really a home base. Now, this theater is our Sunday home. I know that they say that a school goes on here or something like that, but this is our Sunday home, and this is awesome, and this is going to continue to be our Sunday home because we love this space for ministry. It's a fantastic space. But there's a lot of ministry that goes on outside of Sundays. I thank God for that. In fact, we really want to be a church that is great outside of Sundays, not just into Sundays. And so the main thing is, of course, our small groups. There's a lot of other stuff that we rent venues for that is happening in regular ministry. Every week, we rent a venue to run band rehearsals. We rent venues for our junior high and our high school youth. We rent venues for sisterhood and worship nights. We rent venues for ministry leaders night. We rent venues for creative collective. We rent venues for I'm missing things. We rent, we, and we have things that we even want to do on into the future that we need some space for. And we need office space. We need a home base to launch our serve outreaches in the city, in the backpack program. We every week. There's just a lot of stuff that goes on. I don't, I can't even think of all that goes on. We just decided like, God, what, what would you do to provide a space that would be home? So we began to pray into this, and we got back as we started to journey through this. We ran into a lot of roadblocks and got a lot of no's. Anybody ever been there in your life? You're like, yeah, okay, well, I guess this isn't going to work out. And that was kind of what we were seeing. We eventually, one of the challenges in this kind of space, like if you're going to do a junior high or a senior high youth type thing, essentially when you're doing ministry like that, you're inviting a public invitation to the city. The zoning needs to be public assembly. And there is next to nothing to rent and as a lease, as a leasee in public assembly. Like it's just not a lot of venues like that. And so you need to find a place that already is that and it's just not out there. But then there was this one space that was out there and and so we have a team that's been looking for space and talking to city councilors and talking to mayors and how do we change zoning and what would that process look like? But then there was a place that did actually fit and we looked into it, but it was almost four times what we had put in our monthly budget that we could afford for a home-based ministry space. And we said, well, let's go look at it anyways. And then we went and was like, this is great. We'd love to do this, but we can't afford it. So we left that space behind, kind of moved on and tried some other things, got some more no's and some more shutdowns. And so we said, okay, God, what, what can we do? So here's the miracle. You ready for this miracle? I don't think you're ready for it. You ready for it? You ready for it? Here's the miracle. This past week, we signed a lease and the landlord signed a lease for that space that we had looked at originally for exactly our monthly budget. Come on. Praise God. Like, I, less than 30% of their asking price on this space. And the realtor who did the deal with us on our side is not a Christian. And when we went in to sign the paperwork, he said to me, in my, he's, I'm imagining he's in his 60s, and, and he said to me, never once in my career have I ever seen a deal like this. And I'm like, I can, I can get my Bible and explain it to you if you want, but I can, I, we, can, we can talk about it. 
so we thank God. It is a miracle. In fact, we signed an offer. Don't put this online. I don't want them to see it. Um, <laughs> we sent them an original offer that was for a little bit less than our monthly budget, and they sent back a counter offer for to the dollar what was our monthly budget that we sent a year ago. Come on, somebody. Let's give God some praise. So here's the miracle that we still need and where we're going to pray together and why I got the band to help us because we're going to pray is that is that we still need some approvals from the city to get this space across the line, to be able to move in. And our move-in date would look to be about the middle of November because we need to get before city council at some point in September. And then they need to vote to approve us to get into this space sometime about the third week of October, and then we would get in in November. So are you ready to pray to bring this miracle across the line? Come on, Lord, we pray together as a church. God, we thank you for the opportunity that you've already given us, a miracle that is already in the making. God, we know that you already have what's next laid out for us. God, we don't see it. We don't fully know at this point what it looks like, but we just surrender it to you because we've seen no's and we've received back miracle yeses. We've received shutdowns, but then we've journeyed a little farther in prayer and in asking and leaning into you and seeing you do a miracle. So collectively, God, we pray for favor in the city. Pray for favor with our mayor and our city council, God. And we don't just pray for favor with them. We actually bless our city, God. We pray for our city and those in authority, God, that they would be blessed and that, God, we would lead quiet, peaceable lives, God, as, the, as your words say, in all godliness and holiness. God, we pray, Lord, for their blessing and for their favor, God, that we would receive your favor in our lives and in our church. And now, God, we take that collective blessing and I apply it personally, God. I pray for every person in this place that is experiencing no's and setbacks and where they feel like giving up and where it feels like the journey's gone on and it feels like that's just not gonna work out. God, we believe together for that thing in that space in our personal lives. God, as we've seen it now for your church, would we see it in our lives individually? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on somebody, amen. Let's give it up for Jesus in this place one more time. Thank you, band. You guys are awesome. You guys can, can go. I want you to go ahead and take this 21 Days of Prayer card out that is in your seats this morning. And we are starting today into 21 Days of Prayer. Now, summers that resonate are, this is our third summer as a church, and summers are fun. I love summertime. We take the month of July and we focus on serving. We, we serve our city with Serve Day. We serve our kids with our Summer Blast. We've been working behind the scenes to set up a coaching network for pastors in Canada that launches in three weeks. So there's been lots of serving other people that's been going on through Resonate in the month of July, and we love that. Now, the month of August, we change gears, and we go into a season where I believe God says to us, come on, son, come on, daughter, find some rest. Find some restoration for your soul. And I was looking on Instagram this weekend, and I thought... I don't even know if we're going to have church today because everybody I know is away at a beach somewhere. And I was a little bit jealous, but we're excited about that. But August is that time where we just kind of lean into some rest for our souls. And I believe God wants to lead us into rest over these 21 days where we actually get the, the 20. We do two times of, of 21 days of prayer in a year. In January, it's prayer with fasting. And that's where we're, we're petitioning God on behalf of our church and the people in our church and the people in our city and our nation and our world. And we're fasting. We're praying, God, would you move? The 21 days of prayer in August has, has the feel and the intent behind these 21 days is getting closer to God, is finding restoration for your soul, is getting face-to-face -face with God. And so we don't do these ones with, with prayer and fasting. We do these with, with feasting. Like get yourself a steak and pray in Jesus' name. Come on. 21 days in August is, is a little bit different. This is what the Bible says. 
But what God wants to do in your heart, in your soul, the 23rd Psalm, you might not even grow up in church, you know this one though, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, and I'm not, I shall not want, why? Because he's going to make me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul, and I love this imagery, this picture of walking with God, and as you're walking with God, he says, come on. Sit down right here. This is a good spot for you to fill up your hungry and weary soul. Take a rest right here. It's a beautiful thing. This this is how God works and what God does and wants to do in our lives. And I think God wants to reconfigure some of our ideas of rest. I think sometimes we see rest as something that we deserve after we've worked really hard. But that's not how God designed rest. If you think that rest is a seventh day after you've ran really hard for six days... Or rest is your 12th month after you've sprinted through 11. That's not God's design for rest. God put rest on the seventh day, but he made man on the sixth, which means that God didn't put it on the seventh day because he was tired. God doesn't get tired. He put it on the seventh day because he wanted it to be our first day. That God actually designed you to live from and work from and, and, and do life out of a space and posture of having rested first. There's no employer like this in the world, by the way. Where you sign the contract and then they're like, you know what you should do? You should take some time off. Just get yourself ready. Just restore your soul and then show up to work. But this is how our God works. He says, first thing, before you go and do anything, before you go engage, come on, we're going to see God do amazing things this fall. But before you do that, you need to get full. You need some restoration. You, you need to just drink in of my goodness and my presence. Well, this is what the 23rd Psalm says. Now, what I love about the 23rd Psalm, and sometimes we just have this tendency to see the first part of that Psalm and think God's all about rest. And we sort of miss the fact that the shepherd leads us through a whole bunch of other things because the shepherd eventually does say, oh, now come on, let's get up and get some stuff done. You see, in verse 3, he says he's going to lead me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, which means like, okay, you've been feeding a while, now get up and make my name famous. Let's go and let's work. And then verse 4 comes along, and it's now the shepherd is leading me through the valley of the shadow of death. And so we are going to get up from a rest, and we're going to do some great things for God. We're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because we are a church that exists to see dead people come back to life. So we go near the valley of the shadow of death so we can rescue some people out of fire and out of, out of the place that they're in. Come on, we're going to do that. But how do we do it? Because we're rested. Because our souls are full. And I, I love just the way that Pastor Rachel brought a word today. Oh, my goodness. Just, a, just you might be going, God wants to restore some joy to your heart today. God wants to do some. So in August, we change gears. You'll notice a couple dates there uh, on the front. There's four different things. Here's what I would say for 21 days of prayer. Here's how you engage in 21 days. Number one, just take wherever your personal prayer life is at and turn the dial one notch. Whatever that would look like for you, find the dial. It might be sitting at zero right now. Turn the dial one notch. It might be at 10. Crank it up to 11. Come on, find wherever it's at and turn the dial one notch for 21 days. Even just think about that. What would that look like in your life? Now, there's four other ways to corporately gather over the 21 days to pray. There are the next three Saturdays, and you'll see the date and location. Oh, look at that. It's another space that we rent somewhere. <laughs> the Poirier Sports and Leisure Complex in room number one. Thank you, Jesus. That I'm, We're believing next time for 21 days of prayer. It's going to say the resonate office space in Jesus' name. I can already see it. And then there's a worship night on August 25th. Put that in your calendar. It's just one of those spaces. Come on, deeper with God and just that face-to-face intimacy. Well, that's 
That's what August is all about, and I'm excited over the next few times I get to speak to you. That's the subject we're going to talk about. I want to talk about what might seem like a topic that, that, that you wouldn't really particularly want to lean in on. I want to talk about patterns of prayer. I want to talk about style of prayer, and you're like, man, I'm not sure that I really want to lean in on that. I think by the end of today, you're going to be like, oh, that is so, I can't wait for the next one. Because today, I, I think you're going to grab hold of some concepts that you're going to apply in 21 days of prayer, and you're going to be like, oh, that is, I needed that. That's some good stuff. So you ready for that? Here we go together. Uh, the, the text for this little mini-series we're going to do on growing closer to God in prayer and in restoration of our souls comes from Ephesians 6. And it says, pray in the Spirit in every situation. And just right off the start, a reminder that prayer is not just your quiet time with God and it's not just a Sunday, that you can pray at all times. As you get ready to drop your kids off, now let's not get ahead of ourselves, it's still the start of August, but September will come. Come on, the start of the day, you're dropping your kids off. I'm going to just, I'm going to pray with my kids. I'm going to pray before that difficult conversation. I'm going to, I'm able to pray while I'm folding laundry. I can just pray in every situation. You know, how, how, how we go about that? It says, use every kind of prayer and request there is. And some of you be thinking, man, I thought there was only one kind where I just like ask God for stuff. But no, there's a lot of different patterns. And that's what I'm excited to journey in together. We're going to go through one today, a three-step path to prayer that I think is going to encourage you. But before we do that, I, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever noticed how you have the, this tendency to view people differently depending on the moment that you're in with them? You will look at people different depending on the moment that you're in. Here's an example for myself with our kids. When our kids first wake up, I have a certain way that I approach them. I see them. There's that split second moment. It's about a half second where I'm like, I, you should not be up right now. That's about a half second. And then I see their groggy little tired faces, and I'm like emo softy dad. I'm like, oh, you look so cute. Get over here. I'll run up. I'll pick them up. And I pretty much every day, I'm like, oh, you're my dream come true. I'm just emo softy dad in the morning. This week, one day, Avia woke up first, and I was downstairs doing some devotion time. She came to the top of the stairs, and she called my name, and I ran. I squeezed her. I said, you're my dream come true. And she said, daddy we snuggle on the couch? And I said, yes. So we went to the couch and she nestled in next to me and in this tired whisper, she just said, daddy, thanks for doing this. <laughs> I said, anytime that you want to snuggle, I'm all up for it. And parents of like teenagers, don't you tell me that this season ends. I will knock you down in love. Come on. Wylan will be 18 years old. I'll be like, come on, Wiley Guiley, let's snuggle. Come here, buddy. And he'll be like, it's Wylan, Dad, and back up. <laughs> Too many parents nodding. Don't tell me it ends. I'm emo softy, Dad, in the morning. But then comes the afternoon when they're testing every boundary that there is, and they're saying no to everything that you're saying, and Suddenly, I'm not emo softy dad anymore. I'm like, Rachel, hold me back, dad. In those moments, my feelings change. The way I love them hasn't changed. My feelings have changed. Now, here's how this relates to prayer. Because your feelings change in response to the moment you're in, it is essential that prayer is the start of your day. The very first thing off our lips being God, you're first in my life. 
Because if prayer is a last resort, we will not develop this ability to see God before we hit the chaos of life. But if we're starting with prayer, then we're developing this ability to see God before the chaos hits. If we're only praying in the chaos, we will see God as a rescuer that we reach out to when we are in trouble instead of a father who we lean into in love. Now, if we're only praying when life gets difficult, we can develop this backwards faith because watch what will happen. You will only pray in those moments where it feels like, God, why are you not here right now? And the backwards faith that develops is, God, I'm not even sure that you're here right now. Because the only time we are looking for God is in the moments where it would feel like, again, feelings, it would feel like he's not present. That's why we start our day from a place and a posture of God, I put you first in this day. And again, turn the knot, the knots, one, one dot, one on the dial, wherever that's at right now. It might for you simply be waking up and saying, God, you're first in my life today. So here's a three-step path to prayer, a pattern of prayer that is going to help you over these 21 days. And the first idea in prayer is this simple thought, God, I see you. And to help remember this, you could picture this as an upward reach. I'm reaching up. God, I, I want to see you. And we see this all throughout Scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. It says that King Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel. And he spreads out his hands and he's trying to teach them how to pray. And he says, O Lord God of Israel, there's no God like you in heaven or on earth. Like, God, I'm going to remind myself who you are, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love. So before I ask for anything, I'm just going to remind myself of who you are. God, I want to see you. God, you are a God of love. He goes on, he says, who have kept your who have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him. So I'm just going to remind myself, you, 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 you were good to my dad. You did what you said you were going to do. God, I want to see you. I want you to think for a moment what you would notice if you were to go into prayer and you were to say, God, I want to see you. What would be the sorts of things that you would identify in your own mind? Like for me, it might be, God, I remember when we didn't have kids and we were told we were never going to have kids and we went through six years of tears. But then I remember Rachel got really tired and we thought she had mono and she was falling asleep at work. And eventually we're like, wait a minute, maybe this is something, maybe she's pregnant. And so we went to Walmart and we bought a test and we did the test and we saw the two stripes and we're like, two stripes is for sure that we're not pregnant, right? And then we looked again and it looked like two stripes was the pregnant thing. And then we're looking again. It's like, is that line dim or is it full on? Can you get a dim line? I don't know what's going on. Then we saw it's like, it's two lines and we're just freaking out. God, I remember that moment. I remember. I see you. It was not possible and it was possible. I remind myself who you are. God, I, I remember when I was in business and just pursuing my career, but saying to you, God, I feel like I'm supposed to do more than just make money in this life. God, what could you do through my life? And then I had a pastor in a big room of 1,400 people who saw me sitting at the back, not even at the front. And he was like, I think there's a gift on your life. And God, I didn't deserve it, but you just took my life and you pieced together what I, I never thought you could possibly do for my life because God, you did it, not me. And I see you. God, I see you and resonate every single week. I see you in that guy that showed up and said, I'm never going to make a faith decision 
vision for Jesus, but now is sitting close at the front of the church and worshiping God on a weekly basis. I think of another guy that recently said, I'm never going to make a faith decision for Jesus. And I think about how the fact that he's here every single week, and I, even though he's not made a faith decision, I can just kind of tell like he's getting something. I don't know if he even sees it, but he's changing from the inside out. God, I'm seeing you do what, it's just, it is, God, I give you all the praise. Like, I, God, help me to see you. God, I want to I start in this place. Because later today, my feelings are going to hit. And I'm just not going to feel the same way I can in this moment where I can just pause and say, God, I want to notice you in my life. The great faith develops when we start our day this way. It's not based on the chaos. It's not based on those moments where we say, God, it kind of doesn't feel like you're here right now. It's based on taking time to say, God, I see you. It's an upward reach. It's a starting point. Well, then the second step in this one is to, this one's tricky. This one is to actually invite God to see you. And you can picture this one with a downward reach. If, if step one is an upward reach, God, I want to see you. Step two is a downward reach. God, would you see me? And we see this type of prayer throughout Scripture as well. In Psalm 139, there's another king. This one's David. And he's done some great things for God. And people think he's heroic and he's a great guy. But David realizes he still needs some heart transformation. And so this is how he prays. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on. And lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. God, I invite your searching gaze. Wow. God, would you see me? And if you're anything like me... This prayer is a little bit difficult to pray. Because you're like, I'm just not really sure that I want God to see all that's going on inside my heart. I'm pretty sure I don't want to see all that's going on inside my heart. This prayer makes you a little nervous. And I think the reason it makes us nervous is whether you grew up in church or not, we all have this little religious thing inside of us that says, if I was to pray this way, I would leave prayer feeling like, I guess I better go and do better. And so we don't pray this prayer because we don't want to walk out of prayer with the weight of, I guess I better go do better. But actually the Bible is very clear that how we walk out of this prayer is we actually walk out of this as looking at God as a father who wants to lift us up out of a place where we're stuck on our own. It's an uplifting place. And how do we know this? You're like, Pastor, how, are you just preaching this and you're not really sure about this? Like, how do you know? Come on, let me know that you're sure about this. We know this because in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells a great story. And two guys go to, to God in prayer. And one of them decides that he doesn't want to examine his own heart. He just feels like he's got it all together. He's like the religious guy. He's got, he's got his life together. And he says this to God. He says, God... I thank you that I'm not like other men. Like, I don't have their problems. I'm doing pretty good. But then a tax collector comes to God, and there's some things in his life that really aren't good. And he gets honest before God and simply says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, it's this man, the guy with issues in his life, 
the guy with problems, the guy with mistakes. It's that man who went down to his house justified rather than the religious man that thought he had it all together. Why? Because everyone who exalts himself is going to be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. What does exalted mean? It means that when you get honest about God and you open up your heart and you say, God, I want you to look at me. I want you to see me, examine me. God actually, by his spirit, finds you in that place. And he doesn't send you out saying, go and do better. He says, in that place, I'm sending my spirit right now in this moment, son, right now in this moment, daughter, to meet you in that place of pain, to meet you in that place of sin, to meet you in that place of distance from me, and actually lift you up and elevate you. This is prayer where we experience a life change. See, prayer is not simply spiritual drudgery where we are checking off a box where God says, way to go, you get the stamp today, and if you get 30 stamps, then you might get a little bit of a miracle in your life. (laughs) The starting point is an upreach where we say, God, I don't want a faith that's based on my feelings. I want a faith that's based on me seeing you all the time operating in my life. Then secondly, God, I invite you, search me, because I want to change. I want to be different. I want to live more like Jesus. What would this prayer sound like for you? God, I'm thankful that I'm forgiven, but I want to be more than forgiven. I I want to get rid of some of this fear and anxiety that grips my heart. God, I want actually to look more like Jesus. I want to be more like you. God, help me to see through my own self-deceit that says that thing's not an issue. God, examine my heart. Not so that I leave this place feeling like i got to go and do better, but so that I understand your spirit is here to grab me where I am and lift me on up out of this place. God, I see you, and would you see me? Is that simple prayer? It's simple, right? We can do this over 21 days. God, I see you, and God, would you see me? God, I see you. I, I need my perspective to be grounded at the start of each day that you're Lord of my life. God, see me. I want to I change. The third thing is, now this is, this is amazing because watch what happens. When we see God and now he sees us, this is face-to-face time. This is intimate time where you're seeing God and God's seeing you. This is now a place and a space of intimacy. What do we do now with step three when we're in a place and space of intimacy? Well, the Bible is really clear what we do. And it might not even be what you're expecting. But we're in that place of intimacy, eye to eye with God. That's where we intercede for others. You see, we've said, God, I want to see you. And we said, I want you to see me. And it's in this place where God says, I really want you to see some others. I want you to pray for others. I pray for you every day like this. God, thank you for this group of people that you've entrusted to me so grateful for them. I'm begging you for their marriages. I'm begging you for their families. I'm begging you for their future marriages, their future spouses. I'm crying out on behalf of their finances. I'm praying for their health. I'm praying for their emotions. I'm praying for their healing. I'm praying for a breakthrough in an area where they're getting no's. They need to see a yes. I'm praying for those who are struggling through infertility. I've gone through another month. God, I'm, I'm begging you on their behalf. I'm praying for their family members that are far from you. I'm praying for, I'm praying for others. 
Isn't it amazing how our perspective on what prayer is can shift with just a simple thought of, God, I'm going to reach up and I'm going to invite you to reach down and then I'm going to reach for others. So God, we, we take these moments right now in your presence to say, God, we want to see you. Because I know there's people in the room right now, God, and I talked about seeing you and they're like, I don't even know if I could see God. And they've, God, we've just gone through so many, maybe they've just gone through disappointment after disappointment and God, we need to see you. And so God, I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to you today. And God, we invite you to investigate us, Lord. And I pray, God, that out of that place of face-to-face, we would we'd reach for others in Jesus' name. Sing. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We sing Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Come on, let's stand together.
holy and you are worthy and we lean into who you are and we just see you for who you are in this place today and our hearts say God show me who you are God because I want to be more like you and we want to lean into you God open our hearts God that as we worship you and see you it would change us and you would see us God and we would change and I think of how the psalmist says in Psalm 103 bless the Lord with all my heart and all that is within me bless his holy name so I don't know what your posture in worship typically looks like but what would it look like today if you went with all that is within you, you were to dig in on this song. Come on, what would it look like if your praise began to go with all? I want to I invite you as we continue to sing that everything inside of you worship who he is. So God, we worship you with everything from the inside out. We see you, we love you, we lean into you, and we worship you in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's continue to worship. church and this was this was your one shot Sunday God I'm giving I'm gonna give you one chance to make a difference in my life God I'm I'm at rock bottom 
maybe you're here and you just know today's the day for you to make a faith decision. Either you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or today you know you're far from God. I mean, every one of us knows what it's like to be there. To feel distance from God and feel like, man, what's it all for? If that's where you're at in the room today, the Bible says that we end up there because of our sin. Our sin separates us from God who is perfect and holy. But God in his love designed a plan of salvation that would not be contingent on what we did, but on the basis of what he would do for us on the cross of Jesus Christ so that we could fully reconcile and restore it in relationship with him. Today, you'd say, before I leave here in this today, Pastor, would you, would you give me an opportunity to surrender my life to God through faith in Jesus Christ? If that's you today, you'd say, yeah, never made that decision in my life. Or I'm going to make that decision as a recommitment today of my life that's far from God. If that's you in the room today, would you shoot your hand up, hold it high for a moment? It's not between me and you, it's between you and God. You're saying, yeah, that's my decision today. I'm going to go all in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you love us so much, that you're just always reaching. Oh, God, we can't even wrap our minds around it. If you raise your hand, or maybe you didn't, but you wanted to, today you're going to pray that prayer together. Just repeat this prayer with me. Come on, resonate family. Pray this with me to help those who are praying this prayer together. Just say, dear Jesus, I'm giving you my life today. And I choose to follow you. Because I believe you died and rose again. So I could be forgiven and free. Not in five years, but right now. By faith in you. Oh, and I receive your love. I mean, I receive it. I open my heart. You're the Lord of my life. Help me follow you. I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for those who prayed that prayer in the place today?